Good Monday morning. My name is Jana and welcome to Common Ground. I'm Leanna. And I am Sydney. Thank you for being here today. Um, last week we spoke about Dharma and we understand and actually having after having a few conversations within our in spirit community, um, there are many different definitions of Dharma and understandings and multiple lineages. <laughs> so we want to acknowledge that and um, also build on one of the understand understandings of Dharma today. And this is under the umbrella and teachings of the Purushata, which is um, for just um, ways of being. It's said that they're like a blueprint for human fulfillment. They're from ancient Vedic texts. And so today we wanted to dive into those. And it's basically Dharma is the first one discussed and shared. It is like the foundation where the other the others can spring from. And they the reason we wanted to dive into this today is um you know, we had this conversation last year, or last last year, last conversation of um, how to know, like, how do we know when we're on the path? How do we know when we're making decisions like that feed this whenever there's things like resistance that comes up or fear or like, is this my intuition or am I just scared? <laughs> and actually this, um, the Parusharta's they give you values to kind of measure from and to understand um, this, this again, blueprint for fulfillment. And so the first one is Dharma and we'll, we'll dive into it. Arta, um, Kama and Moksha, which they're beautiful. Can't wait to dive in. Um, and really just, they allow us to take a moment to like, ask, am I really managing and being in my life in a way that supports my growth? Am I on a path? How does it feel? How am I contributing? Um, so it's a good springing ground. So we're, we're ready to spring, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> I have to share before I share my knowledge of the Purushartas, the this weird, not weird moment that I had this morning, which we love these and in spirit. And it's basically my way of explaining weird, not weird is just extremely pleasantly synchronistic. Mm -hmm. And the more you pay attention to those moments, the more you, you receive those moments, the more they just kind of plop into your day. And it's always very delightful and often um, extremely um, convenient. <laughs> it just works out for you. So I was like, oh, the Purushartas, I know about these. I talked about these and studied them in my recent teacher training last year. So I thought I will go get the manual for some help, which I will say credit where credit's due. Chrissy Carter wrote a fantastic teacher training manual for my teacher training. So yes, I loved it so much, even though it was online, that my husband gifted it to me in print <laughs> for Christmas. So I have the whole thing like a book. And the book is here with me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have no idea how to find, you know, in hundreds of pages, this, this, this one thing we talked about. And so I got the book and I sat down and I started to prepare and I opened it and opened it to one page. And then I was like, mm, 
And then I opened it to a second page and there they were right there. Mm -hmm. So here we go. In this weird, not weird moment, they wanted to be a part of our conversation this morning, I suppose. Uh, And like Sid said, it's this blueprint for life, so to speak. And in the context of Dharma, again, we want to reiterate, this is just one lens of Dharma, one way of looking at it in one um, tradition or philosophy. And this one happens to be Hindu, and it's from the Vedas, which are ancient Sanskrit texts that you know, pretty much predate all the yoga we talk about when we talk about yoga. Mm -hmm. And they are, in my understanding, this, which is not necessarily my, in a modern way of understanding, which is often how I try to understand the practice so that I can apply it to my life now, is there an integrated approach to living? So we have Dharma and Dharma is, and this is not necessarily, this is a compilation of definitions for each of these is what I'm going to share so we can kind of take what we want and what we understand and then apply it to life your life not necessarily our life or your teachers lives but like life and I I encourage us all like you know I'll share it and then just have some moments to think about it and then the three of us will reflect on kind of what that is for us and how that's showing up right now so dharma is one's duty or purpose in life, which is ruled or connected by a universal law. And it's said to be essential to maintain universal balance. So as you are a part of this great, big, wide, beautiful universe, you also have a dharma. And that dharma is like a thread connected to the whole material of the rest of the universe. So it's also which we get into today, the foundation of what supports these other three Purusharthas. So if you don't have a grasp or a curiosity for Dharma, then it becomes a little bit more challenging to figure out the, the other three. And so what I have found, especially in the exploration since our conversation last week of Dharma, is that when you're just an individual standing around and you're like, okay, I'm trying to find my Dharma on this path. I don't know. I don't know what to turn to. Like your brain's just kind of like text of like thinking or feeling through it. Then that is when you can turn to these other three and start to Mm -hmm. kind of take inventory in your life about how, how am I feeling about this? How are these showing up? So they're, I don't know, maybe part of the GPS of being on the path. I'm not really sure how to think of it. They're here. They're either your paper map that's like in your glove compartment still. Yeah, I just aged myself. Or they're what's the app in your phone or they're asking a best friend like, hey, have you been here before? What the heck am I doing? Or the printed MapQuest directions. Oh my God. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh yes. Printed MapQuest directions. Yeah. That feels so nice to think about those times. everyone does it their own way yeah they do they they totally do and I still feel a sense of I don't know pride when I can get to some place without turning my phone on (laughs) even if it's in my own town (laughs) which to be fair I'm in a place that's a little bit new to me so if you took me home back to western Pennsylvania I could do a lot more without my phone (laughs) but but I do want to share this this uh, quote before we move on to Artha, which is the first one, but in, in, um, 
relationship to dharma. Better to do your own dharma imperfectly than to do another's perfectly. And that's from the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. It's a little marinate on that. I, I, I just, my mind went to that place of like, oh, that's everybody looking at everybody else in the social medias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so Artha is economic. The satisfaction of earning one's living, the security and comfort of your everyday life, the means to enjoy your life. So the means truly meaning like what, you know, how you can afford to do what you do, whether that is financial and actually money or just, you know, the time, whatever you have that comes from the living that you're earning. Um, Santosha. I find also each one of these play into some of our yamas and niyamas. So santosha, the contentment and gratitude towards what you have, which is not the same as the just blissful happiness of everything being, you know, peachy keen. It's contentment. Mm. Uh, And lastly, to describe artha, prosperity. So your health and love and relationship and knowledge also being considered wealth. There's um, another description that is to live skillfully in a world of material objects that exist for your benefit, which I think is beautiful when we're surrounded by the material so often um, to think about it as living skillfully within that world, Mm -hmm. like truly ask what you feel is valuable and what should be there (laughs) is really interesting. Love that. Mm -hmm. And as we are in society today, Artha does ask us to look towards our job, the way we're earning a living, how we feel we're contributing to the world in order to receive what we need back in return. Mm -hmm. Um, It's our earning and spending energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And having the means to live, which makes me think of um, when I was studying in Italy, how they viewed work so different. Like Mm -hmm. really they worked to live. And then I remember coming home into the States and thinking like, we just seriously live to work and Mm -hmm. there has to be some sort of middle ground here. And I feel like Artha is that question that helps us discern what that path is for each of us. I also wonder, you know, the path isn't just empty of obstacles, obviously. Something we talk about in yoga a lot is, you know, the obstacle is the path. But there is so much in this world that pulls us and pulls us and pulls us from what we might decide for ourselves as a, as a good thing. But then there's so many other external things and people and businesses and institutions and systems that make it a little bit challenging to just say, okay, I like what I do. I'm earning a living. I have enough. Like just Mm -hmm. watching the Super Bowl last night, (laughs) I used to love football. Maybe I will again someday, but I think it was the first time I was like, I'm not like the commercials were like killing me. I'm just like, oh my goodness. No wonder we can't just like be and breathe and get to know ourselves because everything is screaming at us all the time. Do that, buy this, have this, 
you know, and that's like our, our, we're living to work. Mm. And I think questions, you know, or practices I should say, like Artha are so important when we live in a capitalist society mm-hmm. <laughs> where it provides, like we live in 2023, we need to have means to live. Yeah. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of us that maybe don't agree with capitalism, but for right now, (laughs) that's the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And um, so finding the level of prosperity that allows you to live well in this world without being, you know, too much and like hoarding and giving back like that's where the dharma comes in of on your path how are you contributing to like the greater whole and also knowing that your your prosperity like isn't violating nature which is such a big (laughs) question right now yeah and to be so aware that your decisions aren't affecting someone negatively elsewhere, right? Being super clear, like where your chocolate comes from. Is it fair trade? Mm-hmm. Like, does all of that come into play here? Like, this is a kind of a question and I'm just like, oh, there's so much to this that is applicable to today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I do find and it's hard to say because we're in it we're in these communities and we're having these conversations but Mm -hmm. the way the world is today and the obstacles we're facing to me seem to kind of turn us in the direction of turning back to this way of being Mm -hmm. so often and again it's hard to say because you know when you're you're part of something you feel that everybody could be a part of something but are they? I, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're asking, Sydney, and I'm like, well, yeah, that hat because that's our 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 contribution in the world is also our impact in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, Arsa asks us to like do work that is compatible to your own nature, right? Mm-hmm. Based on Dharma, but also nature of the world that you're in mm-hmm. yeah oh my goodness that's it it's funny it brings up the question because i've had this a lot in my own yoga practice like is it a question of morality or is it a question of like mortality where it's like mm-hmm. you're you're alive and you're just doing what you need to do and it might negatively affect somebody and in that way um you know if you uh, like follow also in in line with a lot of these practices is karma so that just adds to your karma um but it also might be a part of your path like that you're supposed to do that for a specific reason Mm -hmm. and you learn this lesson and you might build up karma but then you know maybe in this life you find a way to resolve that karma or in another life you find a way to resolve that karma and i know like not everybody is um follows the the idea of reincarnation, but um, when you think about yoga and you think about, um, you know, the yoga is not specifically connected to any religion, but it is based in a culture where reincarnation is a, like, it's a common held belief and 
known thing to them. So I do think it is something that needs to be acknowledged. Um, but that's, that is, it's interesting to think about, like, do I, do you, like, do we just do what we, we feel called to do? Um, and that might, might hurt the planet, might hurt somebody, but it's part of our path, you know? When you say reincarnation, I think of two things. The Indigo Girls song that always gets in my head, but I love it and it's fine. <laughs> and also it was a recent conversation I'd had with my dad, um, about, oh, do you believe in other lives? And, you know, and I forget whether he actually said yes or no, but what mm -hmm. he said, where it landed was that he said, well, children are the next life. Like mm -hmm. in his mind, it wasn't like, don't worry so much about what you're going to do in this next lifetime, if that's what you think you believe in, but there will be people after you that are like living how you are now. So like, what is it like to think of yeah. them? Like you're yeah. in his, <clears throat> I guess, explanation, the impact we have now is yes, it's all about the people here, but whether you, whether you want to believe you're coming around again and you're yeah. going to be learning things again, there yeah. will be people here. So how much yeah. do you care about those people? Yeah. And, and it was sense. like, but it came back to that. And it's like, mm -hmm. yes, but what if you're just doing the best with what you can yeah. where you are right now. Mm -hmm. But these are, this is, I think this is what this practice asks of us, all these ways we explore mm -hmm. our experience. Jana, that conversation makes me think of the indigenous belief of making decisions for the seventh generation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like making decisions that will that be of benefit for seven generations later, which I think is such a beautiful practice, whether that's related to Arta or not. Um, there is like so much to that. And I well, think- And what I would say to him was, well, not everybody has kids or wants kids. And he said, everybody was a kid. Mm. Like, huh, mm -hmm. that's true. That is a true story. <laughs> right? You can't, you can't deny the fact that you were once a brand new human being on the planet affected by the humans that came before you. Yeah. And, well, oh, sorry. One more thing. There's a quote that um, I think there's so much, to, we could talk about arts all day, but um, there's a beautiful quote by Paramhansa Yogananda that said, mm -hmm. seek spiritual riches within what you are is much greater than anything or anyone else you have ever yearned for. And remember the fear of not having disguises the reality that we have everything. Hmm. I think that's such a wow. beautiful way to maybe sum up. Wow. Yeah. Well, it goes actually right into, which is why they are connected comma. So comma C A M A, not karma C A R M A. Mm -hmm. But comma is, is our, psychological drives. So if you think of Arta as our economic, do we have enough to live on this, in this society drive? This is our psychological, which comes down to the pursuit of pleasure, which is such a, it's like, okay, now that I'm doing the right action and I'm contributing and I'm earning my living and I'm like, I have what I need, this shifts into what you want, how you, how you, want to enjoy the pleasures of life, which are really psychologically the drive comes from our sensory experience. So what we hear, how we touch, what we see, 
as those play into like what we do. So then it's music and dance and food and experiencing joy and sharing intimacy, like all of those things are what, uh, are part of this, this psychological <laughs> oh. Sorry, I'm cutting out. <laughs> this is part of this psychological lived experience, right? So it's it's less about what that it's less about like how we can be a part of society in this give and take of of exchange of of money, exchange of time, exchange of effort. This is into like what happens after that. What's mm -hmm. our free time look like? And what here, brings the light? What is what? What brings delight? And yes. Passion. And the, yeah. What comes into play here is brahmacharya. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you're thinking of pleasures and where brahmacharya comes in is like not over pleasure. Is that a word? Or <laughs> it puts in the balance, the pleasure part to be in a way that your pleasures are aligned with your life's purpose where the Dharma comes in. Yeah. So it's not like excessive pleasure and you're, you know, <laughs> it is a pleasure that makes your life feel joyous and delightful and engaging in a way. And like learning how to be fully present with what you're experiencing and like how you are on the path, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, such a beautiful yeah. teaching. <laughs> I wonder if this, it's, have you ever been in a situation where you're with other people or you're in a group or you're just talking with someone else about things that they enjoy, that they like and what happens is, and this might be just something that's happened to me, but they're like, oh, I want this and I need this. And I, you know, and you're like, in your head, you're like, I don't, I don't really need those things or want those things. But when it comes to the conversation or to being a part of people, you end up saying like, oh yeah, that's totally exactly how I am too. And like, I need that too. And oh, I couldn't live without that. Like insert whatever it is. But we have this yearning, I think, to to be a part of communities and that makes it challenging to to in some ways say well this is this is all the pleasure i need this is all the stuff i need this is this is all i need and that's why i believe comma is a part of this this path and this this blueprint for your own life because you don't have to want something just because the 15 people around you do and you're number 16 and you're like actually don't need it mm. yeah like, it's how do we make these big decisions in life for example when you're someone who doesn't drink and everyone else does hmm. And it's not because you're saying I'm sober, I'm this, but you're just like, in this moment, I don't really need to. And I know that I've been in situations where I was a jerk and I was like, come on, yeah, you do. Why, what's wrong? Just have a beer, blah, blah, blah. Like now I'm like, why would you ever like let that person make up their own decision about mm -hmm. what brings them joy in the sense of food or art or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like when people force my three and a half year old to dance and he doesn't want to, I'm like, just, he doesn't want to dance. Mm -hmm. You love dancing. Mm -hmm. 
let him chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and somebody that's that's how I feel about dancing when people tell me I need to ask. <laughs> Even when like, it, it goes in so many ways. Like when somebody's shy and doesn't talk a lot, it's like, come on, like join the conversation. And it's like, that's the only way we're going to accept you if you yeah. like take on our qualities as well. And so I think it's being aware of like, um, not doing that to other people as a part of like your dharma as well. Like knowing, like knowing your boundaries and not, I mean, you can inspire people for sure, but also like knowing when to just let, let somebody be themselves for Mm -hmm. sure. And I think that's where the comma and it's K A M A. I think we said C accidentally before um, is the in practice is being fully present with whatever you are experiencing. And so, you know, that's a very sensual, meaning using your senses experience. And I think that um, that's our each individual experience, right? And so if someone is telling you to dance and you don't wanna dance, (laughs) how do you stay fully present in that moment with whatever you're experiencing? Mm -hmm. And like, establishing because i know like in the past my tendency is to just like disassociate right like i'm like a zombie when someone tells me not to do something so it's like how do you how do you stay in with your like connection and your own enjoyment of an experience like i don't know it's it is such a, a beautiful practice of mindfulness yeah i think it can be acknowledging like what somebody else enjoys as a way to identify with them Um, and actually like being excited about it and being excited for them, but knowing that like, that's them, that's their Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And then finding like what it is within yourself that you enjoy and like connecting that way. And even connecting over differences can be really exciting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And like a question might be, um, are like my pleasures aligned with my life's purpose? So Mm -hmm. dancing's not your thing. What is your thing? Yeah. Finding what the pleasure is for you, you know, um, is a really important question to ask with karma. Yeah. And, and when pushed to those places where somebody's putting a little extra pressure on you, then that's when you really take that step. Like you feel almost like frustrated and like, stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like pushed to then explore, well, I don't want to be here in this setting of dancing. I'm going to go do something else instead. Like, why am I here in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a healthy thing we can do for ourselves, even in this, or especially in this time of 2023 and the way things are presented to us, is you are the person who decides when you're resisting or not. Yeah. So it's like when someone's like, oh, that's just your resistance to that. Like who, who decides what you're resisting? Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. It's, I, I know for me personally, there's many instances where I don't, I can't figure out if I'm afraid of something. Like, am I afraid what I look like when I dance? And that's mm-hmm. the reason I don't want to dance. Um, or, you know, and then that would be more of a resistance or is it just my knowing like this is not what gives me the joy it gives you and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, again, discerning, like even in this Chopra article, it says the right kinds of pleasure lead you toward your Dharma and help you fulfill it with passion. So if you keep that as like 
the right kinds of pleasure and like figuring out what that is, like it'll help you feel more towards you and not against you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, we say you so much because this is about you and like mm -hmm. your path. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. also trying things like right. trying something that you're curious about. If you feel curious about something, and you keep thinking about it, even if it's just, even if it's fear that keeps you thinking about it, maybe try it. And if it doesn't go well, and you're, you know, for certain, like, this isn't what I want, then you don't have to keep doing it. But it's okay to try things. for Yeah. Sure. So comma should be followed with thought, care, caution, and enthusiasm, but mm. free from worries and egotistical problems. <laughs> yeah. Egotistical problems. <laughs> well, we all have those, right? And yeah. that is what leads us to the fourth one, really. Yes. So, which is like our true nature, right? So Yeah, that's why I was saying there's so much to say about you because this whole blueprint is for your spiritual liberation like and it's yeah it's easy to say like oh yoga and meditation and all these things lead us to our spiritual liberation but it's it's to me it's less about like oh poof and then you're in what your next lifetime or you're living <laughs> in the land of ananda or whatever it is it's like you're free of so many things that feel like the things that we've been talking about, whether it's like the egotistical things or the pleasing of other people or, you know, the, the ways in which you don't know how you fit into the world. Like as you integrate these things more into your life, then moksha is also integrated. So spiritual liberation becomes part of the way that you live. It's not to live for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, like, Heaven is here on earth. Mm -hmm. The divine is in the details. Like all those things are said for the purpose of bringing this way of living into like the path you're walking on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what has you feeling free i kind of i i'm i'm liking lately like this aspect of freedom and, and liberation in the sense of to be yourself mm -hmm. yeah i love this definition that says moksha is a self-discipline that is so perfect that it becomes unconscious second nature an unworldly understanding and a state of bliss mm -hmm. so it's where all of the the work and like the showing up and the practices come to be where it opens up for you in a way that just kind of presents itself. Like these pieces are arranged so that you can just step into this and have it feel second nature. I think that's a really interesting thing to think about. And it's where all your weird, not weird multiplies. Right. Like, yeah, everything is like really so fun that you started with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the whole point. Like at night, your place of feeling this this liberation and this goodness might not be a bunch of weird, not weird moments. It might be something else for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. 
So we've left you with lots to think yes. about. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. <laughs> and rather than trying to say, oh, I'm going to think of all four and how do they, you know, connect with my life? Maybe there's just one. Mm. Or maybe there's just like one teeny tiny nugget of things that we've said that that sparks your curiosity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to have a yoga practice without a curiosity practice. Oh God, so true. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So we will, we'll leave you there. We'll be back on to talk about something else <laughs> next week. Hold on one second. I didn't. I didn't even see what Darlene had written. Oh, oh yeah. we have someone we responded. Oh, good. We always love when people share things with us as we're yeah. talking through things. <laughs> um, so Darlene said, um, "Doing the right thing and not negatively affecting others often costs more money." Mm. and puts stress on the question of balance within prosperity and living best life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is about that. It's about seeing all sides of things in your right. own life and mm-hmm. in the life of others. And I was going to say this earlier when we were talking about it. I don't always think the answer is having the answer. I think the answer is awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And making decisions that are in alignment with where you are in like your own reality at that moment. Right. So at that moment, if you can't buy the more expensive chocolate because you are, you know, watching finances to in support of your family in that moment, that's the best decision for you. Yes. Yeah. We all have means to do this right action, but we don't all have the same means Mm -hmm. and they fluctuate over time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what makes this challenging to figure out, you know, how do we live together? How do we do this together and respect for each other and ourselves? And so, yes, absolutely. Like take care of your family before Mm -hmm. you take care of people making chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And Darm, like, I feel like the, that aspect of doing the right thing comes in different ways. Yeah. Maybe you can't buy the more expensive chocolate, but you can do something else. Yes. That is going to uplift somebody or help somebody or just the way you are, um, help somebody and boost somebody and, um, gives more to that, like positive karma. Um, so I think there are ways to, to balance it out whenever it feels like it's out out of balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, it's just having like a perspective, right? Like um, where we are like in our households, but just having an awareness that your decisions do affect the greater thing Mm -hmm. is a good place to start, right? Yeah, yeah, awareness. Awareness is, I think, of everything is the place to start. Yeah. Not everything. I don't mean that. In huh. many instances, awareness is a good place to begin. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Darlene. It's so true. <laughs> All right.
Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor to be with you. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Well, you'll mm -hmm. hear us. We'll hear you <laughs> next, <laughs> next Monday. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.